everybody, welcome to Group Chat, your weekly podcast for everything disability. Today I have with me Jonathan Shah. Hello. EBD, David Cunningham. Hello. David D. Today we'll be talking to the crew again, disability and identity. Please subscribe and share. Thank you very much, David. Welcome to our podcast. Group Chat, our weekly podcast on everything disability. Uh, today with me, we have, uh, you know, our usual crew, but we'll be talking more to the Davids. So how's it going, David D, David D? It's all good, all good, all good. All good, and uh, how about you, Jonathan? I'm good, all good, to see all of you and all of our You've heard enough of me and, you know, Jonathan yesterday, last week. <laughs> but now we've gone to the Davids. Uh, David C., tell us, describe to our audience how uh, you define yourself in a contemporary Australian society. Yeah, well, thanks for that question. Maybe it's a great question to ask. I actually define myself primarily by my um, accomplishments and my success and my achievements. I don't predominantly define myself by my disability because my disability is actually visible and present to everyone anyway because I have cerebral palsy and I sit in a wheelchair. So for me, it's more about what I do and how I contribute to the society and what I actually achieve. That's awesome. It's a good stuff coming in. How about you, David D? Just tell our audience, how do you define yourself in a contemporary Australian society? I don't define myself by my disability, but I define myself mm-hmm. as a family man and a, and a person who likes to keep healthy and keep free and be helpful to society. I like to help my peers and family. Uh, of course, peace support, very important. Uh, thank you guys for that. Awesome. So in saying that, what influence, you know, has your family and also, you know, your close friends had on your identity? Uh, David Gardinger? Uh, my family actually shaped who I was in my, from my childhood. So basically, you know, my parents are both actually like, like retired teachers. Basically, I, I, of course, like never escaped doing my homework. That was important. But like, both of them told me about, you know, society and about lobbying and about advocacy and about how to stick up for myself and how to... I project myself out there. My friends, not so much. I mean, my friends are there. I think, I think they actually helped to define me by making sure I'm on the straight and narrow path. You know, I do the right thing. And that they remind me of what I need to know rather than what I want to know, which is really important. Of course, yeah, of so. course. How important is that, you know, being able to, I guess, learn at a young age about advocating for yourself, you know, getting yourself out there, standing up for what you believe in. Uh, very important. Thank you very much for that, Cunningham. Interesting. And how about you, David D? Your family and your close friends, what influence have they had, you know, on your identity, on who you are? Well, me, family, ever since I was young, my parents and my siblings, we used to always go to school, yeah, School holidays, I'll be working with my father. So ever since I was young, we had a work ethic and a study ethic and go, and go to church. First in religion, first in God, then study, then work and friends. Nice. And fam- family was always held high. 
we had a good work health, uh, family and religion ethic. So, oh yeah, strong emphasis and, on religion. And yep. when I got my had my disability, and at first family wanted to take care of me, and they think they they worry about you too much, but then you have to let them know that you let me make my mistakes. Let me learn how to get around, how to do things myself. I can't be babied all my life. Yeah, so there's been that I shift. Have, yes. Uh, we know they mean well, but at the end, it could turn to a bad thing because then a person won't learn how to do things for themselves. Interesting. I guess Cunningham grew up having a disability, and in David, they, on the other hand, acquired his disability later on in life. So there's been that shift. Sounds, yeah, interesting, interesting. Uh, thank you both for, you know, sharing. Oh, sure, yeah. Now, when in your life have you know, experienced any doubt about your identity? Uh, Cunningham? Great question, Evie. And uh, thanks for asking that. For myself, my sexual identity, and basically I am my sexuality. It's like when you're, when you're gay and yet you have, have a disability as well. It can be definitely as difficult. And so, yeah, that was a period of life where I had a bit of doubt, but don't now. Um, but, yeah, it was tough during those years of uh, going through the process. So uh, for all the trauma that you went through, but look, uh, I'm glad you learned to accept yourself, uh, David Cunningham. Um, that's awesome. Especially when it comes to identity, oh, yeah. how important is that? How about you, David D.? Look, Have you ever experienced any doubt about your identity? Well, with me, at first, because I've got my to leg, my background, there is no doubt. I rely on Jesus Christ and ask and you shall receive, knock and the door shall be open. So if I put my trust in God, I believe there's no doubt He won't provide. So there's no need to have doubts. Also... When I got my disability, I accepted it straight away. Now, when someone accepts, you can't move on from your disability unless you accept. First thing you can do is accept. Accepting your disability, you will not doubt what you can do. All those who have disabilities, if you want to live a happier life and you want to move on, accept your circumstances and you will see life will get better. Interesting. Thank you for that, David. Just before we move on, uh, David Cunningham, I'm sure that mom may ask you, at what age did you, I guess, start to accept that you have a disability? Um, I was born born with mine. So basically, you know, accepting my situation love was pretty apparent. I couldn't avoid it. And of course, it wasn't going to get any better. And that's the thing yeah. too, you know, it's how it is. So I had to say, okay, this is me. This is how I, I actually am. I think that the process of working through my sexual identity, though, that was difficult because there's only yeah. things, there's certain things I, I can't do, certain things I can do. Uh, and, of course, <laughs> and the problem of going on to like dates and experiencing that, which is a whole new identity as well because, you know, you basically, when you go on a date, it feels like a job interview. And I think that you know, when you have a disability as well, it actually makes it more complex rather than less complex. I mean, you've got more to think about what it can tend with. And there's always that, there's always that fear. Yeah? Oh, exactly, being rejected, exactly. I think what's when it comes to dating as well for us too, 
or, or you know, or you worry about being rejected because of your disability or because you're not good enough or whatever. And it's about having that confidence to actually you know, prepare yourself for that rejection to say, well, look, if someone rejects you know, me, it's their loss. Exactly. It's not my loss because, you know, you've got to have a comment and say, no, someone else better will be around the corner for me and I've got to keep on, on the process of looking for that person rather than saying it will never happen. Yeah, look, as a person with a physical disability myself, we do have capability. We are, you know, amazing, genuine people. People need to we see are. that. People need to give us a chance. You know, when it comes to you exactly. know, it's very hard, you know, as a straight man with a physical disability to actually find that. But we never give yeah. up. And so that's the challenges we come across every time. The problem with people these days, they believe, oh, if, you're, if you've got a disability, they ask, oh, is your missus blind or is yours got a disability too? That's that's not what it is. Then I have to have a disability off to, to, to accept you. That adds another layer. Yeah, exactly. It's actually, there's all those assumptions being made. And that's yeah. what adds to the layers. It's never-ending layers. It this never ends exactly. to stop. To the audience <laughs> out there, it needs to stop. We need to date people. Exactly. Give us a go. We need to go for it. Thank you very much for that, David. And now, describe how your identity impacts your efforts in the disability community. Uh, Karika? Well, when it comes to my presence within it, within our within our disability community, I think I do pretty well on that front. I think many people know who I am and I know that I'm a uh, a useful person. In fact, that I get, I get results. Through my identity, um, I managed to actually get to be the uh, Carers Alliance campaign manager that actually campaigned in the 2007 federal election that you bring about the NDIS, which is quite an achievement. And, of course, they poached me from the Australian Greens to come across to their party that you run their, um, their upper house campaign for the Senate. And so I did that. And um, I mean, that was based on my identity and how I was known and recognised as being a rather passionate person, which is terrific. Make sure we can actually project ourselves and that we're known for something. It's important that we use our identities to actually um, bring about positive change and, and useful effort out there. Otherwise, we'll never get ourselves to where we want to be as a community. And I think it's important we have certain identities out there who actually are passionate and vocal and for those of us who actually can defend those who can't vocalise as much. I mean, I mean, to me, it's I actually can't stand when I, when I speak of people with disabilities being unduly attacked or being mistreated. I find that horrific. Um, and so I'm always in there speaking up for them because, to me, having a voice for ourselves is really important as, a, as our identity. And it's important we defend those who actually don't have a voice. Exactly. So, yeah. Exactly. Very well said, Cunningham. Thank you for that. Uh, David, yes. uh, Dowd, uh, being an active, you know, member in your community and, you know, advocating for people, especially those that have vision impairment, how does that, I guess, impact on your efforts in, well, you know, the disability community? When I go places, if I see anything, or oh, oh, literally, I don't see, but if I go through a difficult travels, I I think to myself, I'll probably get around it the next time, but I should I shouldn't have to be troubled with this. But someone else that's this this uh, blind won't won't be able to get around it. So I will make things clear. Like when I first became blind, there was some phone boxes that I bumped into, 
and I told it to the council to change the positions and position it a different way so I can feel it down the bottom because down the bottom I missed the, the phone box didn't hit my head up the top they actually did it straight away they, they changed the, the way they were positioned and now I don't hit my head there a lot of people when they see people with disabilities like recently a friend of mine told her brother and her brother-in-law to pick me up and they didn't know how to take it. They were scared to, how do, how, what were we going to talk to him about? How are we going to talk to him? What would offend him? It's like, you got to understand, we as people with disability, we don't, some people do get offended, some don't. When I show them I'm a normal person, I can make jokes and laugh about it, then they were in hysteric. Oh man, we thought, who's scared to, to, to offend you, in a, in a way. But at the end, they were talking about the night they had with me the next night. I guess, yeah, look, uh, it's uh, very important to, I guess, uh, be who you are, you know, just be genuine people. Um, it's uh, People, they assume too much, like I mentioned before, and that could be, you know, pretty, I guess, risky, pretty dangerous, especially um, for us. It can impact on our mental health and, you know, learning to accept ourselves and who we are as human beings. But it's good to, you know, just be yourself, uh, David, David, David out, like you mentioned. So good on you and uh, thank you for and at the end, you being you uh, always, your genuine self. At the end, you can always tell them what offends you. When, when you first meet someone, if they, you see them scared, trying to step around things, tell them what offends you or what doesn't. That way, it'll be more comfortable for them and more comfortable for you. Next time, I'll carry a, a list with me on the do's and don'ts. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> it's all about that education. Very important. Yeah. And just education. Yeah, interacting with people at the end of the day. So we're all humans at the end of the day. And we yeah. do, you know, yearn for that interaction. That's awesome. Thank you both, uh, David Cunningham and Dowd. Um, so in a social setting or when in the broader community, how do you project your identity? Mm, interesting. David Cunningham. Well, when it comes to me, I think everyone knows who I am, don't they, Evie? They sure do. <laughs> I'm pretty hard to forget, right? Yeah, very uh, hard not to keep quiet. That's, that's the thing. <laughs> well, Cunningham, if, if he can't see you, 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 won't, you won't be able to remember you unless, unless you speak. Which is true. I mean, the thing is, I'm the one that goes and, and talks to, to many, many people and I network and I make sure that I can work a room really, really well because to me, at times when I've been the only wheelchair person in the room, I think it's important to spread ourselves around and make sure that, that everyone knows that we're there because it helps people to understand how to Know, to tuck their chair in when you go past them, especially in a room full of different tables and whatnot, and you're speaking to different people. You know, and see, the thing is, though, in a social setting, you know, every new person, you know, I think, is a new opportunity. It's important to collect more and more networks and more and more friends because you never know when like, some of them will be useful to um, interest. So project yourself out there and to make sure that everyone knows who you are because you never know, you may miss an opportunity that might have to benefit your career or your goals or your you know ambitions for yourself in your own life and of course there's a chance to give as well and to contribute to other people's lives as well and i think i did that really well i don't know what you guys think that's what i think anyway yeah what are your thoughts uh david d 
in a social setting or when you're in the broader community, how do you project your identity? How do I project my identity? Well, I'm not Artemis. I'm a tall boy, and when I talk to people, I always keep them second-guessing. Oh, yeah? You understand Can you elaborate on that? Give us an example. A lot of people yeah. will, will think I can see because I comment on what they look like. So they're above your sixth sense? Something like that. Uh, they go, how much can you see? <laughs> I do nothing. <laughs> but at the end, always this yeah, I, I, a lot of people are interested to talk to you, to understand how you do things and how you live life. There are some people negative too because they don't understand how you can live like that. And they can come, some people can come with a negative question. You mentioned well, negative questions, David. Yeah. Give us like a, an example of a negative question that uh, has very, been asked. Very, I don't know how you do it. it happens to all of us. Yeah. yeah. Do you get any negative questions? <laughs> all the time. All the, all the time. time. I was once asked to prove that I was disabled. Yeah, look, I ask, I get get I get asked like uh, things like that, you know. Uh, so David, the, David, the, describe like an occasion where you have successfully asserted your identity with the government. Well, recently, I I I was walking down the street and then realised that the barriers were broken for around the oh, around yeah? about. Yeah, apparently, the car went through it. Oh. And my, I told my son, and he goes, Dad, I'll make him complain about it. They immediately responded. He told them that my dad walked off the curb. They go, we're going we're gonna to fix it up. But for now, because he's walking off the curb, we'll put sandbags there. Yep, yep. It's a temporary solution. So they acted immediately. No, that's awesome. That's awesome. And the, the great work of your, your child as well, God bless uh, did such amazing work advocating for his father. They seem very good. Yeah, there was a time where I, I got asked to um to prove I had cerebral palsy by university. Oh, okay. Even though yeah, I was sitting right in, front of him in my wheelchair. Um, so, well, well I, I felt rather insulted. What did you respond? So, yes, yeah, so I said to them, I'll, like, I'll do that if you pay me to go to the doctors and get the uh, verification, nice. which I declined to do that. So, that was in that discussion. Awesome. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for sharing, uh, Cunningham and David. Uh, now, Cunningham, describe one occasion when have you successfully asserted your identity with the government. There was one occasion where Centrelink actually asked me whether or not I was better or well, or whether my cerebral palsy is going to get any better. And I said to them, no, unfortunately it's not. Um, it's rather permanent. It's not going to change. And that was on their, their, um, their pension review form. Ah, uh, another phrase. Which is most interesting. Is there something you agree with, uh, Jonathan? Yeah, when they constantly ask to reassess when they know our disability Permanent. It has 
They do waste your time and energy because it's an ongoing process and it's a repetitive process. You tell them all the information you yeah. need, they need to know, and they come back and they start all over. It's, it's a headache. Is there something <laughs> that we can do, to, like a, a doctor certificate or something, that, that's a card that says, yes, this person has a disability and... Is legit. When he wants to step on our foreheads, we had Zabel. No, no, like a card. Terrible, terrible. Something we need to, I guess, uh, educate. So, So to the audience out there, David Cunningham, what advice can you give to our audience on how to best develop and advance their own identity in Australia? I would say that it's important that we really, really know ourselves and actually understand who we are with our disability, whether it be um, from birth or acquired. I think it's important we actually understand and know who we are as people, what we actually are here for, what our purpose is, what our direction in life is, what we're after, and just how we we want to contribute to this life. Um, And to make sure that we actually have a plan for ourselves. We plan for ourselves with our life becomes purposeful and, and actually beneficial and helps to better ourselves in the world we live in. It's important that we do that. And also to be confident and happy with ourselves. When you have a disability and you're out in public, you actually represent your entire community. So if we're miserable, for example, walking people think, oh, that must be all of them. They're all like that. And I think, no, I'm not like that. That's not me. So I think it's important we remember that people view us for who we are and what we actually um, project as. So it's important we don't say, oh, look at me, I'm a poor person with no, with no, with no disabilities. We say, no, I'm David, and I happen to, you know, to actually have a disability. Yep. It's two ways of thinking about it. You can call yourself a disabled person, or you can be a person who actually has a disability. It's two ways yeah, of seeing how we identify as well. Exactly. You know, and so it's all about that. I think we need to smile more and laugh more. Not to laugh too seriously. <laughs> well said. Thank you very much for that, Cunningham. It's all about accepting ourselves, but treating us like normal people. Pretty much living normal, everyday life. Exactly. What about you, David? So what advice can you give, you know, to our audience out there on how to best develop and advance their own identity in Australia? I think uh, people should accept disability and others should treat people with kindness. And if you need something, don't be hesitant to ask and try to treat others that have disability with respect and see the best way they need to be helped if they do need to be helped, but ask and try to treat them normal, like a normal friend. And... If there's any way, uh, any special way they need to be treated, just ask. Because asking is better than predicting. And assuming, assuming. Now that's that's awesome. That's, that's awesome from both you know David C and David E. On you know, it's all about you know accepting identity and just being out there and living a normal life, normal life. So thank you very much for that, David C and David E. By sharing your experiences on how you 
be your identity to the to the world and just keep doing what you do best. You've been watching Crip Chat, yo. We can focus on everything disability. Join us next week as we talk about more issues on everything disability. Goodbye for now. See you guys.